Hello, everybody. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins, and welcome, Ball Stars, one and all, to another Balls Over the Top podcast. Yeah, a lot of great sports action to get into this week, great news to get into, and some not-so-good news, but we're all over the place with it. We are going to jump right on into things. With world w- football. Yes, world football. Premier League, lots of exciting action going on there, and a lot of struggles at the top of the table right now. Liverpool. Just had their fourth straight loss coming at the hands of Everton this past week. And I gotta say, the former champions, it looks like their chances of repeating are going by the wayside. I mean, really, just look like a totally different team. Yeah, I mean, they slid into seventh place, which, for defending champions, it's been a while since we've seen this kind of skid. But the fact that they can't stop anybody and they can't generate anything going forward with the injuries that they've had on this defensive side, it looks pretty disastrous. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's much of an end in sight. We're seeing things like Jordan Henderson have to play at center back due to the compiling injuries there. I just don't know how they turn it around, and they have a pretty tough stretch of matches coming up. But we can move on. We saw some other interesting matches, including my Blues held in check. They were held to a 1-1 draw against Southampton this past week. Southampton, who came in winless in their previous five, still couldn't get the job done. I mean, Chelsea really was the better team. It seemed much of the match. Southampton seemed kind of lucky to even escape with the one point. But they'll take it, considering their recent form yeah i mean it's their best result in the past five you got to be at least somewhat satisfied with maybe turning a tide but they've been on quite the skid as well but someone who's still been absolutely resurgent we thought that this might be a possible wall that they hit but they kept rolling west ham gets the 2-1 victory against the spurs and the spurs still are not generating the offense that they need to to stay relevant at the top of the table of this premier league Yeah, it seems like Jose Mourinho has no answers offensively. That team has just taken a huge step back since Potichino left, at least on the offensive side of the pitch. You can't have Huangman's son and Harry Kane rescue you every single week, and we saw that happen this week. So they'll look to rebound moving forward, but I tell you, it's going to be tough. I mean, the schedule, again, it doesn't get... Much easier. I mean, yes, they do have a Burnley matchup this weekend that they'll hope to be able to capitalize on. But with the European matches kind of heating back up and everything going on, it's a really contested time of year, and they just don't seem to be showing any signs. No, not quite yet. But there is another game that I've got my eyes on for next week, and it's that Man City-West Ham matchup. Yeah, West Ham's been in great form lately, but... Man City continues their hold at the top of the table. They did pull out the 1-0 victory this past weekend against Arsenal. Keep the win streak rolling. Yeah, but really, it was a pretty flaccid game from them. I mean, they scored in the second minute, and then from that point on, it was a bit of a snooze fest. Yeah, but that's not outside of the norm for what Man City's been doing. But we can take a little trip to Italy where we had the Serie A match day 23 and it had a couple of pretty big surprises in there as well. Yeah well the biggest I think would be the thumping at the top of the table. We had the Milan Derby at with the team sitting in first and second respectively and what a performance from Antonio Conte's men. Romelu Lukaku playing like a man possessed right now just took a hold of that game and never let go. They end up with a 3-0 thumping of the Crosstown Rivals. And it's going to be really interesting to see down this stretch here how this league pans out. I mean, the two te- these two teams really duking it out. Inter now four points ahead of AC Milan. And Juventus eight points behind the leaders. So... Definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Now, keep in mind, Juventus does have a game in hand. so That is true, and they come off a hot victory this week against Croton. Ronaldo, again, gets a brace. Winston McKennie also in on the action from the U.S. men's national team. That was a pretty interesting game, but really the surprise of this weekend was coming from Napoli dropping again. 4-2 
to Atalanta. Yeah, the scoreline definitely a shocker, but it's tough. This is still a Napoli team playing without a lot of their stars. We saw them take a big loss in the Champions League this past week, getting really just manhandled when they... uh, Who who were they against? I believe it was Granada? Yes. I believe it was Granada. In the Europa? Yes. And so they're really not in a good run of form right now. They've been playing with a ton of injuries. They really need to figure out how to stop this bleeding because they have a second leg against Granada coming up soon and they have uh, really in two days on th- on thursday that match is coming up and they're seeing their foothold in the league slip as they find themselves now all the way down in seventh place on the outside looking in from that streak for european football but we can move on to your favorite league the bundesliga yeah match day 22 came and went and man it was interesting especially at the top of the table because things are getting closer by the week, Eintracht pulls the upset over Bayern Munich, going with the 2-1 victory. That's five straight wins for Eintracht Frankfurt. That Jovic coming back and his connection with what Andre Silva's been doing as a goal producer and the fact that they've been able to keep their defense pretty much in check. Man, impressive things coming out of Eintracht Frankfurt. Wolfsburg won again. Dor- uh, Dortmund gets a victory. Red Bull Leipzig wins 3-0 versus Hertha, and they're just two points behind in the title race. And Dortmund, of course, in the River Derby, we've got them beating Schalke 4-0, coming as a surprise to no one. Yeah, well, it's good for Dortmund to finally get back on track. They've been in a rough patch of late. Obviously, they had the big win in the Champions League against Sevilla, but domestically, a bit of a disaster of late, so good to start putting the pieces back together with a big-time scoreline against a big-time rival. We say this, it seems like, almost every week, though, but it seems like Schalke's running out of time to put the pieces back together to stay in the top flight. You know, you can only have a derby if both teams are in the same league. So I know you never want to root for Schalke, but... It'll be curious to see if they're able to kind of get their act together. They did put a couple results together. I mean, anything is better than that disastrous start of the season. And that losing streak. Yeah, but they still find themselves, oof, sitting in the bottom of the table, nine points through 22 matches, a full eight points behind 17th place Mainz, nine points behind Bielefeld. 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 Byfeld. Byfield? Biffles. I don't think they're staying up, so I don't think you got to learn it. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, Chalk has had a tough go of things. The one good piece of good news coming out of this week is that their American star, Matthew Hopp, is going to stick with them no matter what league they're playing in. And he's been their pretty much lone goal producer. So they've got that going for them. They got a ride or die striker. Well, I don't know what what was he gonna say? You know, guys, if we don't stay up here, I'm out. <laughs> like, Bundesliga or Bundesliga two is still better than probably what he's getting. Maybe not Bundesliga two, better than the MLS. I but, mean, you know. if he's in the if he's in the first Bundesliga and he's one of the, like top fifteen goal scorers, he does get a little bit of a price tag. I mean, it's not true. it's not crazy, but it might be worth you know selling selling while it's good. Yeah, you got to get while the getting's good sometimes. Strike while the iron is hot. Speaking of... Match day 24 in the La Liga. Yeah, and we saw the tables at the... The the tables at the top of the team. The teams at the top of the table really struggle this week. Atletico Madrid continues to free fall. They lose 2-0 to Levante. And we see Barcelona... And Lionel Messi, that great run of form, that resurgence back to the top of the table. It's taken a hit the last couple weeks. They've come back down to earth. Yeah, a couple of draws. But Real Madrid still chugging along, finding a way to get it done. And suddenly, while just weeks ago, it seemed like Atletico Madrid was going to stave off the Giants and sneak another one into the bag. They're looking incredibly mortal, and this league is entirely 
up for grabs. So it's going to be exciting to watch. And speaking of a league up for grabs, also on match day 22, League One is getting pretty crazy. Right now, Lille is staying in first with a 1-0 victory against Dijon in the 14th ranked side. They're staying at the top of the table two places above PSG because PSG dropped points again, losing 3-2 to Lorient. You know, we talked about it at the very beginning of this season. They lost, what, two of their first three matches, and we had looked at the results from the last few seasons, and they had lost, like, three matches in some of those seasons, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. This is not your run-of-the-mill dominant PSG team. Yes, they still have Neymar, even though he's barely been on the pitch. Yes, they still have Kylian Mbappe. There's still some of your staples like Marco Verratti. But it seems like defensively they're really feeling that departure of Thiago Silva. And they just can't seem to click with the rest of that team, whether it's the new signings, whether it's certain players losing a step like Angel Di Maria. There's just something missing. That spark is missing, and it is shocking. I don't think there's any other word for it. No. Shocking to see them sitting in third place following 26 matches being played. Unbelievable. And right now, Lyon is in that second-place spot, and they get to stay there with their 2-1 result against Bordeaux. But that's enough talk about the leagues, at least in each country. We've got Champions League and Europa League things to talk about because we also had those matches this past week. Yeah, actually, we had matches over the last two weeks, which is really exciting. Uh, well, you know, last week, end of this week, current. Starting with the Champions League, we saw Liverpool squeak out a 2-0 victory over Red Bull Leipzig. But that game was a little bit closer than the scoreline indicated. Really back and forth much of the time. You could have seen Leipzig getting the goals back. Liverpool shouldn't feel too confident coming out of that first leg. No, but they do have two away goals, and that does matter. Tell you he'll feel a little bit more confident coming out of the first leg. Oh, it's PSG. Yeah. Thumping that Barcelona team may be part of what brought them crashing back down to earth. Four to one is going to be a pretty tall mountain to climb in order to get back into this series for Leo Messi. And it could be a disappointing end to possibly a disappointing end to a Champions League career at Barcelona with rumors continuing to persist that the Argentine might find his way out of the club this summer. It is always a possibility. Kylian Mbappe scoring a hat trick in that game, and I'll tell you, nothing breaks my spirit like Kylian Mbappe scoring a hat trick on me. Yeah, that'll do it. He, he's He's got that effect on people. We also saw Dortmund get a victory away 3-2 at Sevilla. They were up 3-1, and Sevilla gets a late goal to bring it 3-2, but... Dortmund's got three away goals in this matchup, and they looked pretty good against Sevilla. Like, they're coming into their own bit of form, and they got another result in the league this past week. I think we might see the corner turn from this Dortmund side. Yeah, well, it's about time. And, you know, fortunately, you, with a young star like Erling Holland, you realize those droughts are never going to last too long. He's able to really get you back on top, score some goals, and keep your team competitive. But I'll tell you, the biggest upset of that first week back in the Champions League was in the match on that Wednesday where we saw Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus shocked by Portuguese side FC Porto in a 2-1 to defeat. There's going to be a lot of pressure coming into that second leg. I mean, really setting the table for... A fantastic finale of that series, no matter how it goes. Porto, always a dominant team in Portugal, always a fun team to watch. Do you think they could deal the finishing blow to Portugal's favorite son, Cristiano Ronaldo? I mean, it's tough, but right now in the Champions League, you know who has two of the top five goal scorers? It's Porto. Yeah, they... they really find ways to pick apart a lot of these teams and you know a little bit of a different style of play over there in Portugal those teams like Benfica 
like Porto, like Braga, tend to give your English, Spanish, French, German sides a little bit of complication, a little bit something different than what they're used to. And it's not crazy to see these upset results. And I'm really excited to see how this one pans out. Oh, it's going to be one heck of a second leg. But the next week, we've got a couple of more interesting games to talk about. Yeah, this afternoon, we had some great games to talk about. We'll start with those. Obviously, Bayern Munich continues their tear. They come in against Lazio, another very hot team right now, but Bayern asserts its dominance. 4-1 to victory, which, I mean, again, I shouldn't have thrown that word in there, continues their tear. They have had their struggles in, in, the, the, league. in the league of late. They did also win the FIFA Club World Cup. I mean, they've virtually won every trophy that they were eligible to win over the last, like, calendar year. Calendar year. Yeah, so... so. I, I no stones being thrown, and it looks like they're still going to win the domestic league. I mean, I'm I'm as big a proponent for parity and hope that there's more competition as I it mean, comes to a close. It's getting close right now. Yeah, we, we hope it stays but, that way. But, but still, money odds are on. Yeah, Bayern, and I think anybody who's watched the sport would tend to agree with that. But that's not the game I want to talk about. I want to talk about my boys. The boys in blue. That Chelsea squad going and snatching a point up against Atletico Madrid with the 1-0 victory as the away side. They bring a series lead back to Stamford Bridge for leg two. I'm feeling good about it when, had you asked me two, two and a half weeks ago, I don't know how I would have felt. No, and I mean, what a goal to go to go for that away goal. I mean, just Olivier Giroud staying onside somehow, executing that acrobatic bicycle kick and getting it past Jan Oblak, who is of absolute wall of a goalkeeper. Yeah, really a spectacular play. Phenomenal finish. Again, interesting that he was onside, a bit more by technicality than even by placement or positioning. But really fantastic finish and happy to get the result. Yeah, you got you have to be. I mean, it's an away goal in in Champions League. Always feels good. We've got two games coming up tomorrow, and they they're set to be pretty interesting. Yes, we have Borussia Mönchengladbach taking on Manchester City, as well as Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Both of these games really eye catching. Obviously, Manchester City will be the team to beat in that Gladbach matchup. But I'm curious to see how this Atalanta-Madrid game goes. You know, Madrid has been able to claw their way back into relevance in the domestic league. But for the most part, it seems beating up on a lot of those mid to lower table teams in La Liga. This is really against some real competition and an Atalanta side that has been red hot of late. I'm excited to see how that one goes. It will definitely be interesting to see. I think that McGlobbach-Man City matchup is going to be interesting. McGlobbach plays a very physical game. They could frustrate Man City easy, which, you know, I mean, they got a couple of temperamental players on that side. So it could be it could be very interesting to watch. I think it's going to be a, a fiercely contested matchup. Well, elsewhere, we have Europa League action going on, and there's... A million matches so, yeah, going on. It's so round of thirty-two. We, it's so much to talk about. There'd be a ton to talk about, but we'll just flash through a few of the highlights. The Spurs got a big victory over Wolfsburger, and we also saw Man U put four past Real Sociedad, four away goals. Bruno Fernandez and and that Man U side is going to be rolling red hot in this in this year i imagine they're if not the favorites one of the favorites for that competition at this point we also saw some big upsets the young boys managed to pull out a four to three victory over Bayer leverkusen yeah i mean it's a very good swiss side but that's a absolutely crazy result and then granada the spanish side we touched on this before but pulling out a two nil victory over napoli the napoleons were Really favored coming into the match. I think people thought that they would roll. Granada having a big step backwards this year after a very successful domestic league last year. Saw them earn a berth in the Europa League. 
this year taking a big step back in La Liga. People, I think, that thought that they were just going to get rolled by Napoli. That wasn't the case. So that'll be one to keep an eye on this Thursday as they look to finish up the reverse fixture. And just a little bit more in the world of soccer, football. Jack Grealish, training injury got leaked before the Leicester City matchup because his teammates took him out of their fantasy lineups. Yeah, this is a wacky story. I was reading Pep's comments on the matter. It's interesting that, one, these players are allowed to play it. You know, athletes that I've known personally that were part of the NFLPA, that were part of the NHLPA, and various other players' associations in pro sports were barred from participating in fantasy leagues. You know, maybe they're doing one that has no money attached. I imagine, again, having money attached would be even more of a Mm no-no. But even then, it seems like there would be a conflict of interest. It seems, while I can't imagine any player being unprofessional enough as to let it impact their performance on the field, it's still not a good look for the sport. And you know what? If you're an active player, if you're collecting these ludicrous wages, just put it off. Take it up as a hobby once you retire or maybe for a season when you're injured or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, getting this information and leaking it out is its a very serious issue, and it's not a great spot to be in. But even worse spot, Oshamane, Napoli striker from Nigeria, is okay but was knocked unconscious for nearly 30 minutes. It's another traumatic head injury in the soccer world this season. I got to say, they're getting scarier and scarier. Yeah, these injuries are getting more and more extreme, and it seems like no matter how much more emphasis they're trying to put into player safety and protecting the head, we're still seeing these incidents happen. You know, you wonder, I know it seems goofy, but could we even see some form of light protective headgear or something like that being adopted for all players because these collisions can be gruesome. You see these elbows to heads, shoulders to heads, knees to heads, and, you know, we, we don't want it to be a, the ultimate disaster again and before real change takes place. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start to take it stateside because we've got some MLS news to talk about. Yes, we do have some MLS stuff to talk about, and wow, it starts with the LA Galaxy. Well, who who thought they'd be the front of the news of this MLS? Well, they have a record signing, and it's not them breaking the banks or bringing in some world-class talent, but, well, not necessarily yet. They sign a 15-year-old. Yes, you heard me correctly. 15. Like they were born in 2006. 15. Yes. Alex... Alcala? 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 Who knows? We don't know yet. He's not even old enough to drink the Alcala. No. But it's exciting for them. Who knows if he'll end up seeing any first-team action. He might just end up in the system or potentially getting some specialized substitution minutes. But always cool to see a teenager on the books for a major club in a top league. And really, you could argue the Galaxy are one of, if not the most... Storied, storied franchises yeah. in the MLS. Definitely have quite the history. But we have a team coming into some bad news. Yeah, well, it's bad news for a couple of teams. Uh, and really bad news for one particular player. Jordan Morris is out for the season after an ACL tear. He was on loan to the Swansea Club when he got his injury. And this is going to be a really tough injury because Jordan Morris relies a lot on his explosive speed to get in past the back line is kind of his whole gambit. So Yeah, we we hope he's able to recover. Yeah, it's real tough, but, uh, you know. Fortunately, he's still pretty young, relatively speaking, and he'll have some time to rehabilitate, but we'll miss, as you said, the entire MLS season. Really a shot to the gut. Yeah. Um, But some good news. Uh, Long-time Premier League center back most recently of Southampton, but he's been around to several major clubs. Ryan Shawcross joins Inter-Miami, another injection of former European talents 
Yeah, I mean, he's played in the FA Cup. He's played in the Premier League. He's played all over the place. Top-tier, world-class footballer coming to the MLS. Yes, he's not necessarily your household name like we've come to expect with, like, the Pierre Lowe's, David Villa, Wayne Rooney, Didier Drogba, etc. But Premier League talent in the MLS, we like to see it. And suddenly, I mean, not so suddenly, it's not surprising to anybody, but... That inner Miami team starting to grow some fangs, looking more and more formidable by the day. Constantly adding pieces. And one more piece being added is the MLS has hired a chief diversity officer, which I guess, I mean, is fairly important. I mean, they're blending a whole lot of cultures into this league. We're getting talent from all across the world. And it was, it was a good step forward to see this, you know, diversity take place and have a little bit of direction yeah it's a nice initiative for all the clubs at the end of the day you see these people on the other side of the argument being like well what if we just hire people who are qualified we shouldn't have to look but it's like there are millions of people looking at these coaches looking at these players as inspiration and these players wouldn't even be you wouldn't even get the interview if you weren't qualified there are people of all backgrounds, especially with such a multicultural, multinational game like soccer. It'll be good to see some uh, an initiative put forth by the MLS to help include more backgrounds and more more voices in the sport. Yeah, further facilitate the diversity throughout the league. But let's make our way over to the NBA, where we've had a lot of interesting things to talk about as this season's really getting underway. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I mean, there's been a bunch of adjustments, and one person isn't taking too kindly to some of those adjustments. Stock Rivers. And it's not really on the court. It's when he's being tasked with handling the Philadelphia media and some press questions. And Doc Rivers throwing a little shade back at these guys. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, you know. But it makes sense. You want to have a level of professionalism. And just because things are being conducted from home or over webcam doesn't mean that people should be or shouldn't be acting like professionals. And so Doc Rivers being one of the kind of an old school type guy. I can see him getting uh, on his high horse about this. I, I, it makes sense to me. Yeah, getting a little upset about the reporter asking him questions from the reporter's bed. I, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of just a funny story at the end of the day. I mean, no one's really going to remember this one, but it's funny to see that there are some people, you know, holding up against some of these changes. You know, you want the formality. You want guys in suits, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of... Sticking to formalities, the NBA is going full send on this All-Star game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about considering a lot of the players have voiced opposition. The virus is still not under control. And yet they still want to move full steam ahead. I, I guess it makes sense considering there's a lot of fanfare that surrounds it. It usually hypes up the second half of the season. But... With all the risks associated, I would have been happy or satisfied as a fan with them naming a ceremonial team and having them not play the game. But looks like they're going full steam ahead, aiming to play the game uh, on March 7th with a draft on March 4th. But they did announce the rosters. The rosters came out with the, uh, with the starters being listed last week. We'll go over them real quick. LeBron James and Kevin Durant as the two captains. Then we saw Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal as the guards in the East with Giannis and Joel Embiid rounding out the Eastern side. In the West, we saw Steph, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic round out the starters. The reserves, though, is where there was a lot of debate. On both sides, both conferences, there were tons of players that you could have choose, chosen from. And a lot of guys, I imagine, that are feeling like they're going to have been pretty snubbed. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, there's 
like one snubs that just comes off the top of my mind is Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias Harris missing out on the team. And here, real quick, we'll go over the reserves here. In the West, we have Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davidson. I almost said Anthony Davidson after Zion Williamson there. Anthony Davis, who Anthony Davis is not going to be able to play, obviously, with his injury. But everybody else looks healthy and able. In the West, we not in the West, in, in the, the East, East, we see... James Harden, big, honestly, the biggest surprise to me. Julius Randle, both both New York teams getting an all-star. Can't imagine when the last time that was. And then beyond those two, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the Boston duo, getting in here. And then it's rounded out with Zach Levine, Ben, Stimmon, ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, I mean... All these guys have been pretty much top flight this season, so none of them are, you know, like viscerally upsetting that they've made it in. But there are, there's a couple of snubs that you you thought you might have seen. Yeah, I mean, you already mentioned Tobias Harris. Uh, a couple other guys that come to mind. I mean, Mike Conley is having a fantastic season yeah. for the Utah Jazz. It makes sense. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell making the team. They are the household names. Mike Conley is a little bit more of a journeyman, but really. I think deserved recognition for the spectacular season he's having. And then Fred Van Vliet is having one of his best seasons ever. I mean, shooting at an immense rate, scoring, averaging 25 a game. Yeah. Really living up to that contract that they gave him, which I was skeptical of. Yeah, you... Very skeptical of. Yeah, for an undrafted player, I mean... Yeah, and six feet tall, he's undersized, so... You know, Mike Conley, Fred Van Vliet being left off, and, and then obviously, in my mind, uh, you know, again, you already said Tobias Harris. That was a glowing one for me. Trey Young. Yeah. Which, even for him, it almost seems like you would have thrown him in, potentially even just for the ratings and the excitement he brings. But you could argue that's what they did with Zion. I mean, Zion's first half of the season was pedestrian. He's just come alive the last few weeks, and I think that's what's really burned into the memories of the coaches who, remember, choose the reserve team. Oh, yeah. Lots of lots of hype, especially in, uh, in recent memory. Well, speaking of one of these all-stars, they're moving up in the all-times list. Chris Paul goes to sixth place in all-time on the assist column. Yeah, exciting for him. I mean, some people might try and point to longevity, but really... He's an incredible player. I mean, he leads the league in assists almost every season, it feels like. And he's been doing it since all the way back in his New Orleans days. Remember, I mean, this is a player who's now had multiple eras. He had a New Orleans era where he was dominant there. He had an era with Blake Griffin and the Clippers. And then you could argue, albeit short, there was a little bit of an era with James Harden. I mean, they were making a push to be the best team in the NBA and, and really for a minute seemed like the most formidable opponent for those dominant Golden State teams with Kevin Durant still there. So Chris Paul, you got to take your hat off to him, a legend on the court and really doing phenomenal things with this young and exciting Phoenix Suns team. Yeah. And we'll look for to see what they do, it, not only for the rest of this season, but into the postseason as well. Yeah, constant offensive facilitator, impressive player to watch, passing Oscar Robinson in this list. It's an impressive feat, no matter how you factor it in. Something a little bit unimpressive this season, though, has been the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, everybody understood they were in a little bit of a rebuild. They knew Carl Anthony Towns was going to be out for a bit. They've been moving some big pieces around. But this is a team that still has a lot of talent, and especially with the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, coming in. With the addition of the free agent uh, ad, D'Angelo Russell, coming in, you would have thought this team would have taken a step forward this year. And instead, I mean, I don't know if they're taking a step backwards from a team that earned the number one overall pick last year, but you're in. there's been pretty much no movement, or if anything, you could argue regression. So, yeah. Ryan Sounders out as the Timberwolves head coach, fired as a result of this poor start. 
again, it just seemed like a team and a, and a coach without a plan for these players and for this for this franchise. Yeah, well, and he, it seemed like he very heavily was going to rely on D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns to really develop an offense for this team, and they haven't played many games together. I think it's only 11 throughout this entire season so far. So it could be a pretty enticing job. Again, that could be a formidable big three, you know, for Chris Finch here. Chris Finch was hired, but, you know, I'm saying this could be a, a job that, could reap some really big benefits. Yeah. Like, there have already been some seeds planted here. Yeah. I mean, you're not coming to a barren landscape. You have you have. You have Carl talent. Anthony Towns, who's a franchise player. You have D'Angelo Russell, who's an all-star in this league. Yeah, he's an NBA point guard, for sure. I mean, but again, he's an all-star NBA point guard. I mean, he, he has made the all-star team, which is a sig- more so than almost any other league, I would say, is an achievement in the NBA. And then Anthony Edwards, number one overall pick for a reason. Yeah. And putting, showing a posterizing dunk this past week. I mean, yeah. really, one of the most incredible dunks I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was great. I mean, his they lost and his coach got fired, but it was an incredible dunk. I mean, it was an absolute posterization. The, the degree at which the ball traveled was greater than 180. It was incredible. Unreal. And speaking of dominant big playmakers, we see one on the move. Boogie Cousins, who really has not been the same since that gruesome Achilles tendon injury a couple seasons ago now, has been released by the Rockets after a pretty short tenure, only played 25 games with the team. But I think he might have a little bit left in the tank, and there are a lot of teams... A lot of teams that need help, but it also seems like an abundance of talented big men available. You have Andre Drummond available in Cleveland. You have Blake Griffin available in Detroit. Now, Boogie Cousins out there. It would be interesting to see where these guys land. I mean, especially with Anthony Davis sidelined for the next two months, potentially. Wouldn't be shocked to see one of these players step right in and to try and keep the Lakers competitive in the Western Conference because yeah. they've been in a free fall yeah. ever since that Anthony Davis injury. LeBron's going to have to make some phone calls. They've lost four of their last five. Well, why don't we take it off the hardwood and onto the ice and talk a little bit of NHL action because it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's been a pretty exciting week of hockey. For starters, our Philadelphia Flyers came back after their COVID scare, which is huge. I mean... Really, really big. It's just great to have hockey back. It seemed like the whole, everything just had to go on hold. I get it. And and even then, they're not fully back. I shouldn't be acting like everything's just back to normal now. I mean, Claude Giroux's yet to suit up for the team again. Jake Voracek's yet to suit back up. Travis Konechny. Oscar Lindblom. There's a significant portion of our starting lineup that has been unavailable. But still, seeing them back on the ice is good. Getting less games postponed, starting to get back to your regularly scheduled programming, as it were. It's always good to see. What was not good to see, though, was the ice conditions at the NHL's outdoor games this past weekend. Yeah. Imagine going to a lake in a desert region and hosting an outdoor game where all all the people who were on their boats on said lake were wearing t-shirts. Well, it's not even the temperatures were the issue. I mean, it was still below freezing up there in the mountains. They were on a ski resort. I just really think they underestimated the power of direct sunlight. You know, direct quote from Gary Bettman saying that the sun is our enemy. And it's like, okay, Gary Bettman, you could have planned for this. You don't put it in direct line of the sun. This is something that people had mastered hundreds, debatably even thousands of years ago. Oh, what, where will the sun be based on what time of day it is? We, there have been farmer's almanacs that track weather trends. It's not like this was a spectacular weather event happening that day that led to this. No. You had your regularly scheduled weather, and the sun just had direct, direct, uninterrupted rays shining on the ice. Yeah, it's going to lead to some melting. It, so It also boosts the theory that Gary Bettman is a werewolf. 
Yeah, well, we can never really put that to rest. Uh, until I'm standing under a full moon next to Gary Bettman, I'm always going to be skeptical. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take that risk. Speaking of taking risks, we've got Carter Hart and his performance so far this season. I mean, we put a lot into this young goaltender, and he's had his fair share of struggles so far, getting chased in the outdoor game against the Boston Bruins. Now, the Boston Bruins have had our number pretty much this whole season so far, but Carter getting chased gives you a couple bad feels. Yeah, you don't like to see this. And again, we can maybe point to the incomplete lineup, especially with Boston being the best team in hockey, arguably. There are There is a little slack to be given. However... You got to get your head straight. Pulling your young goaltender in the midst of that maybe isn't the move, especially in a game where I, I didn't necessarily point to him and say this is on Carter. No. I mean, he wasn't getting the support. And I, and it could have also been, I mean, not to rail too hard on this, but it could have been ice conditions. I mean, it could be hard yeah, to track the Well, and visually, yeah. there was still, again, sun in their eyes, sun reflecting off of the ice, things that they normally don't have to deal with. And at the end of the day, the pageantry was fun. It was beautiful seeing it. We were watching this yeah, and thinking, it was "Wow, glorious. it was awesome!" But simultaneously, it's only a two, it's only a game worth two points. It's not like this was really. I mean, yes, maybe there's a little bit more pressure subconsciously, but this game counts the same as the one coming up next, and the same as the one before it in the standings. Yeah, so we got one tomorrow against the Rangers. So. Exactly. Hopefully, shake that one off. Get back onto things. Someone we won't have to see on this Ranger side is Artemi Panarin. He's taking a leave of absence after what has been called a hit piece has been reported in the Russian media about him abusing a woman. It was like back in like 2016, yeah, I think they he said like it was. he punched an 18-year-old girl? He said that he punched this girl. I don't know. It was weird. He was claiming that it was like, a, as you said, a slam piece and that it was not factually true. But then at the same time, they were... Still, he's obviously taking a leave of absence and addressing these accusations seriously. You know, so there's always gray areas with this. I don't like to make a business of trying to guess or speculate what happened in cases involving domestic assault or no. abuse. Because the real story here is that he's just not going to be in the lineup for a little while. Which I mean, he's a massive weapon for that Rangers side. So yeah, it'll be good for the Flyers coming up against them soon, but. Hopefully, we, we hope for the best-case scenario and for true justice to be served in this scenario. If he is accountable, we hope he's... Or if he's responsible, we hope he's held accountable. Yeah. If he is not responsible, we hope the parties who are fabricating this are held responsible. Yeah, swift so, and, and complete justice. Yeah, and hopefully, again, something that can be dealt with relatively easily because we don't like these types of clouds hovering over the game. Absolutely. And... One cloud that's no longer hanging over the game is the story of Heinrich Lundqvist. Yeah, the king back on the ice as he had a bit of a scare before with a heart condition coming up. Maybe thought he would have had to retire, potentially even life-threatening. Yeah. Ends up getting treated. Get the operation done. Gets the operation. Still hopes to play again at some point, even though he is out for this season. And he gets back on the ice. Great to see. Only two months post. Incredibly impressive. And maybe we'll get to see him back on the ice soon. I'm hoping so. Let's make our way over to the oddball segment. We have some interesting stuff to talk about. We have, of course, the... I want to say epic conclusion, but not all that epic conclusion, of the Australian Open that we were talking about. I was really stoked and excited about a lot of the lead-up gate matches and play. But really, we saw two favorites steamroll their competitions. The straight sets. Yep. Naomi Osaka and Djokovic both beat their opponents in straight sets with really neither match ever being at a point where you felt it was in doubt for the favorite. But each one of them adds to their impressive resume. Djokovic really putting himself on a trajectory to eventually be in the all-time category of tennis players, especially with his age currently and the lack of real up-and-coming competition, as well as the digression of players like Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal, it just seems more and more like 
jo- the path is there for Djokovic to continue just collecting these Grand Slam titles. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he has a, a full challenger yet. But one of the old guard, Serena Williams, in her waving goodbye to the crowd at the Australia Open, has opened some speculation about her possibly being done, or at least done at the Australia Open. Yeah, this is a really, really big moment. And watching it, you couldn't help but get choked up. I mean, no decision has been made. But even in the press conference, she kind of got faced with questions about it, stormed out of the press conference while teary-eyed. If this is the end of Serena, you could argue it's the greatest, the end of the career of the greatest athlete we've ever seen. Yeah. You could argue it. Or at least most dominant athlete in their sport of our generation. I mean, there's... you. We could have a four-hour-long podcast just... Yeah, dissertations could be over, made. ...over Serena Williams here. And so nothing but the highest level of respect for the GOAT, Serena. Hopefully we get to see her again playing in some of these competitions that she loves. But if this really was the end, wow, what a way to go out. Heck of a send-off. In a little bit of sad news, Jeanette Lee, or also known as Black Widow of the pool, you know, billiards world, has been diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. She plans to fight it, and we've seen a couple of GoFundMes and fundraising efforts been sprouting up about this. Jeanette Lee was pretty famous, especially in the 90s, for really popularizing billiards again, kind of putting it back on the map after it had seemed to fade a little bit into obscurity, especially with a lot of pool halls closing and the like. Kind of brought a resurgence back into the into the competition and sport. Yeah, obviously we wish her the best. You don't you don't just get the nickname Black Widow. You earn the nickname Black Widow, and she is truly fun to watch. Yeah, a, a multi-time world champion. I mean, just an inc- an incredible pool player, and it, it's a very intricate game. I mean, you're hitting just a ball with a stick. It doesn't seem complicated, but the level of you know perfecting your shot. Knowing all your angles, knowing everything, you spin. Well, and, and exactly. If you were to oversimplify any sport, you could say that soccer is just hitting a ball or baseball is just hitting a ball with a stick. Or, right, but and so, this is a game played typically in a bar, you know? Oh, I get you, but the strategy and skill required for the things that they're doing is truly remarkable. And so... Again, it might not require the level of overall physical fitness or peak athleticism that we see in maybe your more physically demanding sports, but just because a sport may be more physically demanding does not mean it demands more skill. No. Because, wow. Speaking of, a lot of people would argue that kind of same thing for golf where, you know, it's not physically exerting necessarily. Not in the same way. I mean, you know, we've kind of seen a little bit of a transition, especially with, you know, players like Bryce DeChambeau becoming in and being monsters. And that started with Tiger Woods. And that kind of brings us to our next topic, which is Tiger Woods, unfortunately today, was involved in a single car accident where he was needed to be rescued from the vehicle, pulled from the vehicle, and hospitalized he's stabilized now but numerous surgeries on his legs including a compound fracture a shattered ankle i mean there's a chance that we have now seen the last of tiger woods competing at a professional level there's a chance we don't know obviously this is the immediate aftermath but what a loss that would be for the sport of golf fortunately we're not talking about loss of life yeah but if even if he's unable to play again what a loss that would be for the sport of golf even though He's not at the top of his game still. Many people, thousands, I would even say even maybe millions of people, tune in to a lot of these tournaments and a lot of these events, including myself, just to see if Tiger can tap into that magic and do it one more time like he did with the Masters. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, Tiger Woods has been the absolute spectacle of the golf world. And this, I mean, this injury is tragic it's also worth noting because it's a single car collision no reports of anything in his blood system it seems like it's just been 
an accident. But, you know, with this car crash and obviously the long road of recovery going forward, I mean, he was in critical to moderate condition immediately following the crash, had to be pulled out by paramedics and firefighters with the jaws of life in the collision. And, and then, you know, the reports of the injuries coming up so far and the fact that his back was already... Uh, uh, well, yeah, already uh, coming off of his uh, fifth or sixth. I, I'm fuzzy on which one, but either way, five or six more back surgeries than anybody hopes to have in their life. Exactly. And especially if you're still trying to remain a professional athlete. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of a dark day. It's a dark cloud, but at least he's in. He's recovering, and we, we hope he's in good spirits. And hopefully, hopefully he can get back on to the fairway again. Even if it's not at the top competitive level, hopefully it doesn't have to be something that you know fully puts him into complete retirement. And just one more oddball story, and it's one that we <laughs> don't talk about often when we might talk about again, but Dallas Seavey, who was one of the most impressive mushers in dog sled racing, is returning to the Iditarod after being falsely accused in 2018 of doping his dogs with a pain medicine after a false positive came back on one of the one of the tests that they run on the dogs after the race. Yeah, pretty crazy. Good to see him back. Good to see him vindicated, his name cleared, and one of the most dominant people in that scene. So. Yeah, I mean, coming from a family of generations, his grandfather was in the first one. His dad won the Iditarod. He's won it more than once, and getting... The top level of competition is always paramount in sporting events, so glad to see another fierce competitor coming back to the kind of slept-on sport outside of Alaska of dog sled racing. Let's move toward a almost equally irrelevant sport. Major League Baseball is in the full swing of its offseason. We saw pitchers and catchers report. We see spring training starting to come into effect and we see more deals f- coming together oh, yeah. as these free agents slowly but surely start to scatter to their teams. Yeah, the the last of the bullpen guys are climbing into the pantry and getting their little meal ticket. But we'll kick off the story with an old figure in Major League Baseball coming out with a really crazy news story. Herb Washington was a Major League Baseball player for several years, and then after his retirement became the largest black-owned franchisees of McDonald's, owning them in Pennsylvania and Ohio and in that general region, that little Rust Belt area, is suing over discrimination and discriminatory practices of business for, you know, major violations coming and lack of support from the corporate level. This is a suit that's been joined by a couple of other uh, black-owned McDonald's franchises. This could be a story to, to watch as it develops. You know, we never know what's going to happen, but those are two fairly big names. And one's, you know, Herb Washington, if you know baseball, is a fairly big name, but McDonald's is a pretty household name. Yeah, in the grand scheme, I don't know if it'll have too big of an impact. I mean, obviously, it might lead to a f- everybody's favorite financial compensation going to the people involved in this suit here. But really, I can't imagine it changing McDonald's in the grand scheme. It's such a big locomotive with so much money that they're probably just going to do what McDonald's does, and that's throw money at this problem to make it go away. Not trying to dismiss it, not trying to belittle the cause there of those franchise owners, but you're when you're trying to fight the big boys you very yeah. rarely actually make a difference the most pragmatic or yeah pragmatic thing is is watching money get thrown around and resolving this issue speaking of resolving issues with money oh the Oakland A's get another solid arm on their squad with Trevor Rosenthal going on a one year 11 million dollar deal yeah, this should be a solid deal for both sides. I mean, a little bit, I don't want to say a prove-it deal for Rosenthal because he's already proven it time and time again. But obviously at that age, that production, players are hoping for a little bit more security, more years, even if they have to shave off a couple million. Playing on the one-year deal, not getting the kind of length he wants, 
it's going to be a prove it kind of year. You know what I mean? So hoping that, hoping for all parties, it works out. Honestly, Rosenthal is a pretty fun guy to watch. Always fun when he has the ball. And the A's, I don't mind him. No. <laughs> I, tell you, I mean, it's, it's hard, to, hard to hate him. Speaking of hard to hate, especially after this announcement, Jared Hughes, bullpen pitcher, journeyman, probably most famous for sprinting out the bullpen to the mound and probably even more famous by JT Romilto's reaction, just shaking his head. Jared Hughes is retiring from baseball. He's hanging up the cleats. He's putting, he's handing the ball off to the manager. He's putting his glove in his little cubby. One last time. He's done. Another one who's done, sadly for me, is... God's son. God's son, yeah, the, the second messiah, Tim Tebow, hanging up the helmet? The glove? I only really knew it from batting. I, I don't know yeah, what he did glove, much. batting glove, I guess. Finishes his attempt at establishing a ba- professional baseball career. After several years in the Mets system, I was honestly always shocked we never got, saw him called up. Yeah, considering how bad some of those Mets teams were, he'd think yeah, they're just a think spectacle. in September, you know, when the season's pretty much a wash, bring him up, get some at-bats in. He would definitely sell some seats, maybe a few jerseys. But I always liked the fact that he was playing in a town near and dear to our hearts, Binghamton, New York. And so it's always fun to see the fanfare around there with Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow in the small town. Bummed I actually never got to see him play most of the time we've been there. It hasn't been minor league baseball season. No, hasn't been baseball weather. But Tim Tebow, I imagine we're going to see him a whole lot more in commercials and in the broadcast. Oh, yeah, he'll be back in the booth in no time. Someone who needs a microphone taken away from them is Kevin Mather. He resigns uh, as the president of baseball maybe operations. Maybe he was the CEO and, yeah, head of baseball ops. For and the, I believe their GM as well. I believe he was their acting GM. Yeah, uh, for the Mariners organization. Resigns after uh, just speaking absolute nonsense, saying a whole bunch of dumb stuff on a Zoom call with a Rotary Club. Yeah, really just the wrong platform. I mean, you should know to be watching what you're saying if you are a... Doing anything over the internet. Well, first of all, yes. Second of all, if you're an individual of influence with a major organization, you got to be careful who you talk about your job with and the type of things that you say. If it's not the dinner table or your best friend or whatever, these types of things should have never been spoken. And really, they're just kind of ignorant backwards thoughts to have been thinking as somebody in that position. And it shows maybe a little bit of the kind of toxic cultures that still exist in baseball. Maybe another one of the reasons why baseball is seeming to lag behind the other North American sports as we get further and further into the 21st century. Yeah, it seems like front offices are just getting worse and worse. I mean, he was bragging about not spending money on players. He was bragging about overcharging people on parking because the parking options are limited. He was complaining about players not speaking English when you're bringing in players and talent from all over the world. I mean, that's something that you just you you work around you don't complain about just a stream of nothing but ignorant nonsense and it's amazing that he's been able to hold on to this position and job for so long considering the mariners have been terrible for decades upon decades yeah i mean he was even saying their best player of the last decade was complaining that he was overpaid and underperformed like this guy just seems like the most entitled unintelligent individual. Uh, It's hard to imagine that he got to this place in the first place being as unlikable, really, as he came across. I mean, I didn't know him until this clip came out, but after seeing it, he's the type of guy I wanted to punch in the face, and I don't even care about the Mariners. Like, you don't want him in sports, and the fact that he was in such a position of power is discouraging, but it's good that they're making changes and getting him out. Well, that's enough baseball talk, because... Most of it was kind of a bummer. We can move over to the NFL because a lot of stuff happened in the NFL. It's the offseason, but things are constantly swirling around. Yeah, well, this seems to be the year of the quarterback, and while it seems like we've said that each of the last three years, at least maybe it's just because each year it's just grown. 
we saw a number of big names on the move and none bigger than our very own Carson Wentz finally being traded to the Indianapolis Colts for an interesting return. Yeah, I mean, it's very much a a prove-it return. We get a third-round pick in this year's draft and a second-round pick in the following year's draft that could become a first if Carson plays 75% of the snaps or 70% and they make the playoffs. Well, and it shows you just how all over the map these reported compensations were. I mean, at some points, the Eagles were trying to say they deserved in the neighborhood of three first-round draft picks. And really, we saw nothing even close to that exchange. You could argue, again, not even a third of that as of now. Maybe eventually with this pick coming up, but not the type of return. I mean, considering how much the Eagles gave up to move up and get Carson Wentz, you would have hoped for more here. But it just seemed like this the bigger priority here was getting him out of the locker room. Yeah, getting him out of the locker room, getting out from under some of the salary cap implications that his contract would have long term obviously they're eating a whole bunch of it this year but say la vie the interesting story coming out of this deal though is <laughs> Pittman jr wide receiver for the indianapolis colts with about 40 catches and 500 yards decent numbers for the young guy says he won't give up his jersey number won't give up number 11 to carson wentz and Carson Wentz seems fine with it. Seems like he's looking to kind of kind of get the refresh. Maybe take the number one now that Pat McAfee's not on the, the Colts no more. Well, that's always interesting. You don't usually see that. Normally a big-time big quarterback gets brought into a team, even if it's a guy like Carson Wentz who maybe of late has been struggling. You normally see all the players trying to placate the quarterback, trying to get on his good side. It, it becomes fun team PR when it's, oh, well, you know, Carson Wentz donates $200,000 to this person's charity or, oh, well, he had to pay him $1 but also take him out to a steak dinner. I mean, you can yeah, look him up online. Buy him a car. Yeah, you can look him up online. There is all sorts of fun stories talking about the various agreements that have taken place, whether it be financial or not, for players to give numbers up. and. But who knows if that was even something that Wentz would have entertained. It might have just been a, can I have it? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to change it up anyway. doesn't matter that much to me. But we're seeing a lot more movement still to come in this quarterback crazy carousel that we've been on this offseason. The crown jewel still Deshaun Watson is available. Bears, Dolphins, Patriots among the leading contenders to be landing him. But then there's, uh, oh, also the Jets are a dark horse to potentially maybe try and go after Deshaun Watson. But we have a ton of other movement, too. Yeah, I mean, we could see Las Vegas potentially deal Marcus Mariota. We might see some quarterbacks coming through on the cheap. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo's time in San Francisco could be numbered, playing on that big contract. Also, Kirk Cousins is being dangled around as trade bait. So there's a lot of starters who could very well still be on the move this offseason. And in general, it's not just at the quarterback position. We're seeing a lot of other players starting to face the axe, whether it be for financial reasons, performance reasons, or both. And one of the headliners here is two Eagles facing the axe. Malik Jackson, the Eagles just restructured his contract with the intent of cutting, as well as Super Bowl champion Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, potentially, well... Believed to be facing the axe at the very beginning of the NFL season. It was actually confirmed. They they publicly released that they restructured their deals with designations where like their salaries balloon to something absorbent if they're on the, ro- the team the second day of the league year, like thirty million a piece fully guaranteed if they're on the team. So it is. I don't want to. It's without a doubt. Yeah, it's all it's all but settled that they're going to be facing the axe. But one wide receiver also on the move, but not not as far as positionally on a team. But put it on the headset and join the coaching staff. Antoine Randall L. Big NFC East name. Putting on the coaching cap as Detroit as their wide receiver coach. 
Yeah, he had a big career also with the Steelers. I believe he was a Super Bowl champion on those Roethlisberger Super Bowl teams, at least one of them. The so, early one, yeah. Yeah, or the first one. With, actually, that would have been Bill Cowherd as coach. Mm-hmm. But we have some other news coming around in the NFL as well. MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Looks like he's sealing the deal somewhere else as well. He announced his engagement to actress Shailene Woodley. This also coming where Rodgers is expected to be starting his stretch as guest host on Jeopardy coming up. So he's got a lot of stuff going on, in addition to being the league MVP. Yeah, he's a very busy man. And speaking of somebody else who's busy now, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, is joining the broadcast booth for fan control football. Again, I've been telling you about this for a few weeks now. company that's a little bit near and dear to my heart. And it's cool to see them finally taking off, getting some legs. I mean, I've known about this for years. remember telling, talking to you about it. Jeez, I feel like it was like 2016. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And it's nice to see everything starting to take off there. Absolutely panning out. But I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's that unfortunate time where we take our ball and go home. Let's hit the showers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Balls Over the Top podcast. As always, you can find us on our socials at at B-O-T-T podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to find us on a podcasting site, we're there. Yeah, and if you could, if it's available, depending on your platform, smash that like or subscribe or even just throw the link up and share it with some friends. We really appreciate it, guys. We Th- do. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.